0: Oh no, some scary clowns would have water all over my comics. Never fear, son. In Colorado, there is one place to go for all your comic needs. Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics. Oh boy, thanks, Coins, Cards, Comics, man. Oh no,
1: there's a lady hanging off that building. Can you save her?
0: I can save her, but you can also save 20% by getting a hold slot at Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics. Oh no, she's falling! Did you know prices are also falling on back issues at Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics?
1: Thanks for saving me, Coins, Cards, Comics guy. Now I can buy my son the card
0: games he wants and the sports memorabilia my husband wants. That's correct, ma'am. Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics knocks it out of the park so visit 6700 wadsworth boulevard in arvada colorado they're open tuesday through saturday 10 a.m to 6 p.m and tell them the real nerd sent you
2: Does this sound familiar? You're interested in purchasing that new action figure, but aren't sure if it's worth it? Well, come check out PlasticExplosion.com,
0: where you can go to find all the latest and greatest action figure previews and reviews.
2: Every week, they'll be bringing you reviews and picks from your favorite collections, such as DC Universe, Masters of the Universe Classics, Marvel Universe, Star Wars, Transformers, and many more. Come check us out at PlasticExplosion.com. That's PlasticExplosion.com. Barbecue that can't be beat, try Birdman Barbecue Sauce. Available and original and spicy. These robust, full flavor sauces have the awesome power to kick your taste buds in their face. And for that smoke and taste on everything you eat, try new Birdman Smoke and Rub. Caution! Meat left unrubbed may suffer from flavor performance anxiety. You can pick up Birdman Barbecue at local area Ace Hardware stores, Ruff's Barbecue and Golden, and the Danny Cash Hot Shop Off-Broadway. You can also like us on Facebook at Birdman BBQ.
0: Welcome to the podcast. I am Ryan. To my left is Brad. To my right is James. We are the real nerds and we have a special guest. In front of me is Chris. Chris, where are you from?
3: Oh, I'm from many places. Uh, owner and administrator of a website called uh, TokuNation.com, but we'll talk about that later, I'm sure.
0: Uh, we'll talk about that now because we want people to know you. Introduce yourself. <laughs> what, what do you do on your website?
3: Oh, sure. I'm, I'm part of a, a network. Uh, it's called the 2005 Network. Tokunation Nation is a uh, website based primarily on tokusatsu, which is uh, basically the Japanese term for what in America would be like Power Rangers, stuff like that. Japan's a whole different media. That's a lot more serious. I don't use the term dark because that's so cliche, but it's actually quite big over in Japan and uh, starting to grow over here.
0: So what exactly is it?
3: It's basically uh, things like Godzilla. Nice. For example, is uh, one of the big ones. Uh, Super Sentai, Common Kamen Rider, Common Kamen Rider's been around in Japan for forty years, hasn't really made it big here yet. Um, and then Power Rangers is the Americanized, bastardized version of uh, well, the Super Sentai brand. Don't
0: shit on my Power Rangers, man. That was my jam when I was. Like, hey, you six know years what? Old. They're
3: they're twenty years old in two thousand thirteen. Oh, you want to hear
0: something crazy? I was reading uh, stuff about Steve Ditko. The yeah. Co creator of Spider Man, his last published work was Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. No way. Big published work. I mean he still does covers yeah. every once in a while, but yeah, it's kind of funny. I was really I said, Wow, poor Steve Ditko. Yeah. Maybe he wasn't <laughs> such a dick.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, if if The Missing Man, which was uh the second story in the Pacific Presents issues that featured the Rocketeer, if that had been any good at all, then uh, maybe he wouldn't have had to lower himself to Power Rangers mm-hmm.
0: comics. Uh, yeah, he, he takes some getting used to. It. Anyways, Chris, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Thanks yeah. for having me, guys. Uh, we're excited to have it. We saw The Hobbit, An Unexpected j- 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 Journey. Whoa. Nobody stutters in the movie. Who are you making fun of? Nobody. I just Oh, you were, oh you I were, was oh, Yeah, I was oh, making oh, fun of myself. Oh, okay, okay, cool. We saw Hobbit, The Unexpected Journey in high frame rate. We did. How and do we in- feel about it? You're going to have to stay tuned and find out. Just like every show, we start our show with fan mail.
4: Fan mail!
0: We actually have a voicemail. I'm going to play the voicemail first because it sets up her email that she sent, and she doesn't like hearing her own voice, but Cora, guess what? Here's your own voice on The Real Nerds Podcast.
4: Hey guys, it's Cora. Normally, I would email you because I don't like listening to my own voice, but that's okay. Um, I sent you an email in regards to the Twilight podcast, and I just wanted to say in no way
3: am I defending everything that you said was offensive, because the way they portray it in the movie, it's offensive. I can let it go because of everything that's in the email, which I'm sure you'll get to, because you usually do voicemails first, and then you do email. So just wanted to give you a heads up about that before you got into the email,
4: um,
1: which will probably get ridiculed, kind of, maybe.
0: Anyway, all right. Have a great show. I'm excited to listen to it. Bye. Cora, thanks for uh, voicemailing us on Google Voice. Remember, you can call us, 720-6nerds5. Leave us a message. It's fun because then you can hear yourself. Mark Wahlberg hasn't called us in a while. That's a, I'm, I'm challenging you, Mark Wahlberg. I want you to say something to me. I think
2: you scared him off. If, if you didn't listen, though, last week, what she's talking about is the fact that we sort of sent out a challenge to two of our... Uh, um, our our listeners write in quite a bit and and happen to in the same week tell us like oh go easy on Twilight it's yeah, not so bad it's not so bad um, and they both emailed us in to to explain it but as Cora says maybe not exactly defend it because that shit is totally offensive <laughs>
0: exactly um so yeah so it's funny I I set out the challenge and Cora loyal listener sent us a response it said dear real nerds I love getting homework assignments it feels like I'm back at school. Hey, all right. You know what? I'll think of something else for you to send in, Cora.
2: (laughs) Yeah, start writing us some blogs, you know, get some stuff going on the website. Yeah, Yeah, That'd be
0: great. But you asked for it. I'm sorry. It isn't chronological or short for that matter. (laughs) Um, So basically, I guess I'll refresh everybody. I asked everybody to defend Twilight. Yeah. You know, so this is her defense of it. So back when they were first doing casting and news about the Twilight movie, I was intrigued. I tried to be one of those people who reads the book before seeing the movie. This doesn't always work, but I try. I had heard all the hoopla and was curious, so I picked up the first book. You know what's interesting is I didn't even know what the fuck Twilight was until the first movie started getting popular. Oh, did really? you know what it was before? Oh yeah. Did you know what it was before, Chris? Uh, only because I had to work at a bookstore. Oh, uh, so you? Yeah. yeah, you probably did. I, Brad, did you know what Twilight was before?
1: I saw the books on the shelf, but I didn't understand the phenomenon.
0: I guess I'm just so out of the loop. I.
2: I was an English major, and strangely enough, English majors don't actually shy away from that shit, mm-hmm. um, and uh, the large majority of them are women, um,
0: which meant that I, I knew a lot of people who were reading those books, and it, ugh. Interesting. I just guess I missed the whole thing. Yeah. Um, Cora continues, now I had the book stashed away for a few months until I had my heart broken, as much as that means at 20 years old. Regardless, this was a catalyst for reading something mushy and full of love. I love that she put love in quotation marks. Yeah,
2: she keeps doing that, and I'm (laughs) very happy about that.
0: It all kind of went downhill from there. I read all four books as consecutively as I could four times in a row. It was an (laughs) obsession, to say the least. Either after that or during that, I don't remember exactly, I watched the first movie and got caught up in the hype, even after the fact, admitting the movie wasn't great. But it captured the emotion and, and feeling that carried over for me reading the first book during... A vulnerable mental state so i accepted that it was a free showing because wait so i accepted that it was terrible and so i still saw it five times so brad how many times did you see the dark knight rises uh nine okay so that makes sense to me <laughs> we we got a free showing because a film reel during the midnight premiere was all screwed up at the end i pitched a fit subsequent. Subsequently, getting cheers from the theater when I came back into the theater and announced that they were going to rewind it and try again. It's a community thing, even though I don't ever really want to admit to, that I buy into that community. Um, I guess uh, that happened to us during Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. And I only threw I've a fit because I didn't get the action figure, <laughs> but I ended up getting the action figure.
2: I, I've I've done that quite a few times. The second time I saw Avatar, it started and the colors were all backwards and I was the one who ran outside. Nobody cheered
0: then, though. They were all just <laughs> like, oh,
2: well, all right, I guess now we have to watch this piece of shit.
0: <laughs> During the reading of the books, I picked up on a common thread, being an English major, James, that I was. I Meyer drew from an underlying ideas of classic literature to loosely model each book. I took this and ran with it, as a, as any vindictive college student should. My <laughs> professor hated these stories more than you guys do. I wrote my English senior seminar on the series and how it can help introduce young girls to classic strong literary literary characters. I love that she says introduces them to strong literary characters and not saying that Bella is one of them. No. Um, Meyer uses Pride and Prejudice as a tone for Twilight with Bella even reading excerpts at some point and comparing Edward to Mr. Darcy. A stretch in my opinion. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Then a New Moon, it was Romeo and Juliet. The comparison's not too subtle with the suicide threats by both Edward and Bella. That is actually the best comparison. There is also a reference to Shigerjad at one point.
2: What?
3: Sh-
0: Shizerad, I don't remember. Scheherazade? Scheherazade. Oh, yeah, there yeah, you yeah. go. She, yeah. Eclipse is my favorite comparison. She picks up Wuthering Heights as her classic novel. This is the only one, that this is the only actually Applicable since all the characters involved are crazy and have unhealthy relationships. In Eclipse, Edward actually reads an excerpt from the novel at one point when he notices Bella has been reading it. Lastly is Breaking Dawn. This one doesn't have much focus at the beginning, but the key text, which I was happy they actually use in the movie, is The Merchant of Venice. Which they directly reference, but also implies the surprise ending where someone comes in at the last minute to save the day.
2: Uh, It's called a deus ex machina. Um, It's actually a a horrible thing that you shouldn't do in stories. (laughs) We'll (laughs) talk about that later.
0: (laughs) So to sum it up, I got sucked into the series out of emotional stuff and was able to stick with it because I believe that on a book level there is some underlining value. If young girls want to read this, at least use it as a way to motivate them to read some classic literature and help them draw their own conclusions about how Bella... Makes her choices. Plus the, plus I love the way love manifests. I love love. <laughs> um, now I, I I will say this before we finish this. Uh, she does at least have some valid arguments for herself. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Um, and you know what, Cora? I really appreciate it because that was w- well thought out.
2: And I I, and I think um, putting it in that very uh, personal context of saying like, well, it it came along at a time when when that was the kind of thing that i needed to read i i i can understand that and i, I think i understand you know at least why some people would get be mm-hmm. attracted to it sure. um i still don't understand why it is as popular as it is mm-hmm. and, and i still think that when you when you break down that story and really look at all of its parts and the the messages that it's it's portraying um it's appalling um <laughs> and and she is not a strong character that should be admired by young women but
0: um, but you know Cora admits that and she says it's a good way to introduce you to other literature which you know you should read the other books that we talked about I was going to say like
1: if the defense is that um, you know Twilight should be supported because it references all these great past literary works why aren't those past literary works as popular as Twilight right mm, now
2: yeah well and that just comes from the fact that you know every story is the same you (laughs) know every story has been told and that every generation needs to have it told in a new way and for them. Um, yes, those books are still good and should be popular and read, but um, every now and then you know, a generation needs a, a book that, that sort of makes that fresh for them, but that's Twilight should not be that one. Uh,
0: otherwise, I noted that Brad was confused at why I didn't see Moonrise Kingdom in a the theater. To answer your question, yes, I did have a problem with watching kids fall in love. Michael and I had been fighting at the time and thought the, that the love story would be too much for my emotionally fragile state. It was fabulous, by the way. So also, way, you can probably guess I'm yeah. a woman. I can be an emotional disaster. She said it, not me. <laughs> so I did cry myself to sleep for at least a week when you ripped apart Frank and Weenie. <laughs> Good
2: job,
1: guys. One um, uh, are well, the assholes there.
0: And then she says, Go, Team Edward. I'm so a Team Jacob guy. I'm uh, sorry, guys. Mm-hmm. Team Jacob all the way. Team Jacob. Um, you know how he wants to have sex with a four week old baby? Remember right?
2: when, he, when he has like telecommunication uh, wolf conversations yeah. with the rest of them? I am italian? Jacob. Oh. He is he is terribly entertaining.
3: Chris, what's your position on Twilight? If we're gonna go based on uh on Cora's email <laughs> and, and the defense given, I, I can accept, you know, the past literary references, but uh I can tell you for a fact that anybody I've ever known that's been really obsessed or the you know, a huge fan of Twilight series, uh isn't reading Pride and Prejudice or you know, I read like *Predator
0: and Zombies*. Like,
3: yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I read that too, but <laughs> unfortunately, I, I see them more watching shows like *True Blood*, *Vampire Diaries*, *Being Human*. Hey, Cora likes yeah. *Vampire Diaries*. So you does, see how does? it all kind of starts to fit in now. I mean, no, it, it, absolutely. You know, I mean, I, mean, I, mean I, I I didn't see the last two Twilight movies, and I didn't read any of the books because I just don't find a uh, what, it, in my opinion, equates to a teenage romance novel. Oh yeah, as, we would oh, we would yeah, never yeah.
0: saw if we didn't have a podcast. I mean, oh no, I would have seen that shit. Shit is crazy, man. There's cougar wrestling
3: needed to watch that. You need to bring up, James your reference that we came up with earlier tonight, which one, but the heads popping off?
2: Oh, yeah, we did figure it because last week we compared the heads popping off to. To to Barbie dolls. Mm-hmm. It's really more like Legos. I don't know if you ever pop a yeah. leg off a Lego, but if you pinch it right at the neck, it flies across the room. That is f- <laughs> a far more <laughs> apt metaphor for the way that those heads pop off. Man. Absolutely. I was it's actually
1: ridiculous. concerned your first poll was like playing with Barbies. So <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh
0: Dan from Ohio also stepped up to the plate. Nice. I asked both of them greetings, and he obviously listens to the show because he knows us. Um I briefly considered defending Twilight last year when you posed the challenge. But as you seem particularly set in your opinions, I didn't think it would be that productive. However, this time I will I will endeavor to offer an alternate alternative perspective. First I'll admit being a fan of the vampire genre and have seen nearly every vampire series from Blood Rain to Underworld. Ooh. And Horrible takes on a new meaning if once you've seen from Dust Till Dawn, Texas Blood Money. Yep. Or Dracula Three Legacy. In my experience, Twilight is rather high-end series within the genre. It's competently made, uses music particularly well, and has unique vision. The vampire lore of the Twilight series is quite fascinating, as is the werewolf lore for that matter. I know it gets criticism for having sparkly vampires, but on the whole, the series presents an interesting new take on vampirism that I found compelling. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Dan, I respect <laughs> um, you, but the music is horrible in Twilight. Like. I,
2: yeah, I don't. What?
0: But, I mean, I just might hate the whole series, so I might be not very objective here.
2: I, um, I, I can't see. I have a hard time looking at this as like, well, when we compare this to really garbagey vampire movies, because I really, I, I can hardly even see them as vampire movies. You know, mm-hmm. like the closest ever it ever gets is actually in the new one, Lee Pace's character. We actually see him. Hunt a, and kill a person, and then he he actually drinks their blood, and that's the closest it's ever felt to me as, like a vampire series. Yeah, you remember that they're, yeah. they're hunting that guy in the alley
0: in um, in New Orleans. Yeah, in quotation yeah. marks.
2: It's not like True Blood at all, um, and uh, yeah, it's not. It doesn't feel like vampires at all. I can't. I, I have a hard time even comparing it to that stuff.
0: As for Bella and her appeal as a protagonist, her endearing qualities of devotion and self-sacrifice are what make her stand out. Some dismiss or confuse this quality as low self-esteem. However, it's Bella's love of others, Charlie, her father, Bullshit. Edward, Jacob, etc., that gives her strength to rise in the challenges before her and prevail. In nearly every con- conflict, Bella makes des- a desperate gambit to save lives of her loved one, often through personal sacrifice. In Breaking Dawn Part 2... You took her attempts to protect her father from the Voltari as acts of cruelty, but they came from a place of love and at the expense of her own relationship with him, which she held dearly.
2: Uh, uh, where? <laughs> when does she hold it dearly? When does she... No. Yeah, Edward breaks up with her in whatever the shitty one in the middle is, and new she moon, just spends all of her time... <laughs> yeah, it's New Moon. She spends all of her time just weeping in bed, and you know... um. There is never that scene where you remember in Lord of the Rings when Arwen is really sad because Aragorn is leaving and, and, and she's pissed at her dad because she's like, hey, you never told me that there was going to be a kid like mm-hmm. you've lied to me. And and Elrond says, like, do, do I not also have your love? And she just breaks down and she's like, of, of course you do. And you, and you actually see the the like the conflict there. Mm-hmm. That is what that story should be, but it's never that. She doesn't even call her dad like dad most of the time. Most of the time, she wishes she was with her mom. It seems like, and her mom comes into town, and she's so cool, but she's got to live with her, her you know, her silly dad with his mustache <laughs> and his axe and Come his on. Billy Burkness,
0: <laughs> yeah, out chopping wood. Now you're not exactly wrong in your criticism of Breaking Dawn Part Two, but you do pro, <laughs> but you do protest too much. I deplore <laughs> Stephanie Meyer's writing and have been impressed by the screenwriter's ability to shift through the minutiae and deliver a cinematic script. That said, the scripts have always been mediocre. So yes, the Breaking Dawn Part 2 <laughs> script isn't particularly strong, but it's not bad. The storytelling is efficient, but not passionate. The voiceover narration gives the series a sense of continuity and her pro- and the proper framework, as this is her story. I also agree that the special effects aren't great either, but they are way above they're above par of near. But they they're above par and nearly and not nearly as abysmal as of Underworld Awakening or Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter.
2: I don't know. I think I I really do agree that CG Scott Speedman was better than CG (laughs) Babyface. I really do think that.
0: What's the worst CGI? Scott Speedman (laughs) or (laughs) Babyface? Yeah. Um, For the most part, the special effects in Breaking Dawn Part two don't distract from the film. Though I'll grant you that there's some overuse of CGI of Renee's May, Renee, Renee's May, Renee's May, May, Renee's May. But I'd argue it sounds that like
1: a name that, like, uh, it's uh, like a regular name. She's just spelled backwards. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> It'd be Emsener. <laughs> That's actually
2: <Yeah>. somehow better.
0: <laughs> but I'd argue that the fight sequence and kinetic are are well choreographed, due in part to effective use of CGI. I was engrossed in the scenes as they happened and walked away sufficiently entertained. Um, I will say that it was cool when they're ripping heads off. Yeah,
2: and the, yeah, the the fight scene at the end is not. Is and not the wolves the worst. have no. gotten
0: progressively better throughout the series. Are still Agreed. not that good though at points. No.
2: but they're also trying to make that movie as cheap as they can so that they can, you know, have a really Maximize wide profit, profit. margin. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I, uh,
0: And lastly, I was satisfied with the conclusion of the Bella Edwards storyline. Few series have such a well-plotted and developed relationship. And I appreciated the effort that the series made to make it a journey. Immortal love is is a rich aspect of vampire genre and is rarely explored in film. For instance, the Underworld series gives virtually no thought or development to the Selene-Michael relationship. That's true. Yeah, he's right. So the fact Twilight broke away from convention and told an expansive tale of immortal romance impressed me. Especially given that I'm a former fan of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Former? Regards, Dan.
2: Whoa, I want to hear the story about how you're not still a fan of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. What happened? Yeah, oh, so man. Dan, uh,
0: you, you have another homework assignment. <laughs> <laughs> Joss, Weed- Joss Whedon.
2: Joss Whedon must have in his
0: lunch. Why, uh, uh, you're a former fan. Um, you know what? I know we've uh, picked apart these emails, but Dan Cora, thanks for being good sports. No, because, absolutely. I mean, they're both well thought out. And obviously, Dan, you're a vampire fan. Oh, yeah. So uh, I will take what you say. To heart, I, I'm, and I'm,
2: I'm, he's right. I mean, there are worse vampire movies, and yeah. I and I do think he's right about um, her her books. From what I have read of them, the little bits, not a lot. I haven't read them, but um, they are more poorly written than the screenplays are, and the screenplays are still pretty
0: messy. But um, but could you imagine getting the job of having to screenwrite yeah, those books? Yeah, I can imagine <laughs> turning down that job. I, I wouldn't. They'd pay me money. <laughs> well, that's true. Um, but I, I really appreciate because. You both gave us uh, something to think about. Yeah. Um, oh, absolutely. You know, and a different perspective. It's just something I never got, and I never will. And um, I appreciate it. Hopefully, you'll still listen after this week. Yeah. Because um, those movies are still pretty bad. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna. We also got a on our official website. Uh, Paul Salmon sent thank you guys. It was a pleasure. oh He sent us something, so thanks, Paul Salmon. Uh, in case you guys yeah. are wondering, we also got. Um, So, yeah, Paul Salmon liked us on Facebook, film historian. Uh, That, like, gets me giddy. Also, Jeffrey Reddick liked us on Facebook, screenwriter. Jeffrey Reddick liked us on Facebook. So So cool. That's too cool. Thank you guys so much. And I usually don't, um, you know, say, oh, we got someone to like us. (laughs) But when it's actual, like, famous people, it's kind of cool. Oh, yeah. Um, well, and that interview with with Paul Salmon is great.
2: If you haven't, yeah, if you chance, haven't listened to it, please I, give it a chance. I know it's long, but man, it is so entertaining. That guy's awesome. And
0: this week, stay tuned for our interview with Dylan, who is the director of my favorite short from Tell Your Ride called Chili. Oh, um, that'll be sometime this week if Brad's not too busy. That's a good one. But, anyways, thanks, Brad, for putting up a lot of content this week. Everybody, give Brad a hand. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Here. I knocked it out. Yeah. You could add some cool sound effects if you can find some. Do you want me to jerk you off too? Uh, Too much. All right. And uh, another uh, thing for uh, my ego is I always have... My family doesn't understand what I do (laughs) for the longest time. My own wife doesn't listen to my podcast. But something amazing happened. I was at work one day and my brother Steve, my older brother, he texted me and says, Hey, Ryan, I'm listening to your podcast. It's really funny. (laughs) And I... I was kind of taken aback by it because, I mean, not that, I mean, Steve will support anything I do, but it's just not something I thought he would do. Yeah. And so he even emailed us this week. My brother Steve said, what's up, nerds? Love the show. Thanks for uh, giving me something to pay attention to to at work other than work. So you're welcome, my brother Steve. Uh, we hope you find our podcast really entertaining, and since you just found it, there's so many episodes to listen to, and he he was so inspired by our, our film Splosion nineteen ninety nine episode that he wants to do a themed episode with us, or he's going to see a movie with us and sit in on the podcast one day. Cool. And he says, uh, I, m- "I might sound stupid, but uh, I'll sit in on it."
2: Yeah, we might sound stupid too.
0: Yeah, we. You know, wait till you see what we watch this week, Steve, and then maybe you don't sound as stupid as we do. Oh. So uh, thank you, everybody who wrote in this week. Thanks for everybody who liked us. Thanks for everybody who reads our stuff online. You can email us directly, real nerds Pod, realnerds at gmail.com. You can go to our website, real nerds, real nerds podcast, leave us a comment there. You can tweet us at real underscore nerds. Easy to get a hold of us. Thank you. Thank you so much. And now it's time. The moment everybody is waiting for, except for Brad. I'm so excited. Stuff we've been watching.
4: Uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching.
0: So this week I I picked up a few movies that I was meaning to see from this year. Um I did rewatch The Lord of the Rings trilogy um oh, yeah. just to get prepared for this and they're still really good.
2: Doesn't really matter they'll come after this movie.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the extended ones? Yeah. Wow. Um yeah, that's a lot of time. <laughs> yeah, it's like eight hours. Yeah. Um, don't you work sixty hours at your job? <laughs> I do. Yeah. Um, but sometimes when you go home and your head hurts and you know, you can put in, you know, a three hour long movie and it helps.
2: Well, and he didn't say he didn't watch them at work.
0: <laughs> yeah, I wish. That'd be awesome. <laughs> um but yeah, they're still good. I don't I don't need to go into that. Oh. Nope. Um one of the movies that James really liked this year that was available for rent at Blockbuster, by the way, James. Oh I, oh, I rented whoa. a blockbuster whoa, you rented a movie at the blockbuster yeah like a store yeah you know i got a membership there like 15 years ago and it still works by the way is it still like laminated in plastic and just i don't have like the card music? uh oh whoa i just give them my driver's license and they shaky <laughs> <laughs> um and they uh let me rent yeah wow I,
2: um, they really don't care if you steal their movies anymore then man
0: No, I I asked him. I said, when I rented a couple months ago, I said, what's the last thing I rented there? They couldn't even tell me. Oh, wow. (laughs) They said, that's how long ago was I rented. Um. (laughs) So the first movie I watched this week is Beasts of a Southern Wild. Oh, um, man. um, Which is a story that kind of takes place in the future, I guess, um, where there's a place in... I'm guessing it was New Orleans at one point, or just outside of New Orleans, called the bathtub, which is now surrounded by water, and it's basically just a bunch of poor people who live in the bathtub, and the people that live on what do they call the people who live on the dry area? I don't remember. Uh, anyways, they're um, they're blocked off by a levee, so they're basically it's a island surrounded by the water, and there's an impending storm, and ice caps are melting. It's basically a fable, uh, a modern uh, fable, and the Yeah, (laughs) I I know that's how to describe it, but basically, it's a story of this little girl who, with her father, live in the bathtub, and it's a story of just her and uh, her father as her protector. And
1: that's all you got out of it. Yeah, (laughs) that's pretty much
0: it. Yeah, there's not a lot
2: of like straight up plot to follow, so it's hard to even summarize without spoiling the ending. Um, Yeah, did you like it?
0: Uh yeah, it is is all right. Yeah. Um there were some parts that I thought were really good. Um the little girl was really good in it. Absolutely. I, I really it's hard for me to describe this movie. I mean, it's just this little girl's journey um when she finds out certain things. I can't I can't spoil the movie because Yeah. You have to watch it. I think you, I think so get, much of, of You get an is, idea of what's happening. Right. Um but there's some parts that you know maybe laugh when she's saying, ah. Oh, the man you know and she's arm wrestling everybody and
2: i think so much of it is sort of world building and getting you into what's going on that then the ending which i think is really powerful and 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 a a really interesting story we don't want to tell anybody what happens there um and so it i think it's worth it for that but it's hard to talk about without yeah
0: i will say the cgi in a that one million dollar movie was really convincing oh yeah um
2: well it's not all cg which is neat. I, I saw a thing about how they made That's that. That's cool. And it's,
0: yeah, it's pretty cool. So yeah, if you want to see kind of a different kind of movie, and it's not – I'm still, I might watch it one more time. Yeah. Um, just to get how I feel about it. Um, it probably won't be in my top ten, but it'll definitely be in the top thirty. I, it's in it's there.
2: in my list right now, but I gotta rent it again. But actually, I, I ordered it, but I, I gotta see it again before the list is out because it it is a weird one i you know it is hard
0: to... and it, i i read an interesting article about it that what it where it got its notoriety is president obama told oprah that it was good oh really and then oprah talked about it on her show and then it kind of blew up oh after wow that. man so it's kind of interesting oprah is still running the world Yep, <laughs> always will. So you should check it out. I can't really describe yeah. it to you. I don't want to ruin the movie, but it is fun.
2: It's certainly, a, you know, from this year, it's one of the little gems that I think Yeah, people ought it's to one of the ones that flew under sure. the
0: radar That's you know, you should see. Yeah. Um, also, when we were at Telluride Horror Show, I saw a trailer for a movie called Wrong Turn Five, <gasps> and I picked up Wrong Turn Five as well. You did not. I've yeah. been trying to see that for weeks. Oh, dude, it's horrible. Oh. Uh, the the first Wrong Turn is actually not bad. Yeah. Um. 'Cause one, it's Stan Winston does all the makeup effects, and so it's kind of cool. This one, the makeup effects are so cheap. Um man, I can't even describe how bad this movie is. Um I I don't have to tell you that it's about these people that are attacked by hillbillies. And and there's this one part where the hill there's this one hillbilly that makeup's horrible on this hillbilly, but he's gonna shoot these kids because the guy who played Pinhead in Hellraiser is, like, the leader of their... I guess that's supposed to be, like, give it some horror cred. Oh, yeah. And so uh, he makes these kids crash, and they're about to be attacked by the cannibal hillbillies. But the cops show up. So, of course, everybody leaves except for one police officer, and there's three hillbillies. And they come running down the hill, and this one hillbilly does this. <laughs> and... Does a cop know he doesn't have a gun this whole time? Like, he's. (laughs) They're running at him. He pulls out the gun and he says, Stop! Stop! And then they shoot. One of them shoots an arrow and it hits him in the leg. He's like, Oh my God! And he falls down. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, Dude, you still have a fucking gun. (laughs) (laughs) And they kill him. (laughs) And then the movie's so (sighs) poor. And it had to have been shot somewhere in Europe because all the actors try to have American accents, but it was horrible american accents it's like that family guy those two european guys where they say oh it's like they've been in america long enough where you don't notice her accent except on sp- on specific words um and it was exactly like that and they always were running around this one little square in this town that was basically some backlot probably in i don't know prague and it was just horrible the only cool part was is they chased this one girl down They killed her, and they ripped open her stomach so her intestines were falling out, and they fed them to her. I thought that was was pretty cool. Hmm. Um, I will not recommend wrong turn five, though, for anybody to pick up. Um, I didn't know there was a four. Um, I know there's a three because I've seen that one too, but I don't know the fourth one. I don't know where it came from. You know what turn they took to get to five? (laughs) Yeah.
2: I think they just skipped it.
0: Um, And then the last thing I saw this week is something James saw, too. Oh, man. And it's a movie we've been trying to see since we saw the cover art for it. And this movie is Sand Sharks. (laughs) (laughs) And (laughs) it's as stupid as it sounds.
2: If if you've listened to the show before, you know that when we get to DVD releases, I always scroll down to the bottom because quite often there are weird shark movies at the bottom. And when I saw Sand Sharks, I was like... This one's special.
0: Did you see out of all uh, of
2: out of all of the Jersey Shore shark attacks <laughs> and all the other ones, sand sharks? I
0: was scrolling through uh, cr- uh, upcoming releases, and Snow Sharks is coming out. Just oh, so you man. know,
3: and, and um,
2: here's the thing: when it was done, because it's on Netflix, the thing that it recommended I watch next was Troll Two. <laughs> that is what this movie is. I'm not kidding.
0: But the movie is literally about sharks that swim through sand. Instead of water, instead of water, and well, actually, also people. water. And but when you were first watching it, when the first shark attacked, did it look like a catfish to you?
2: Yes, yes, uh, yeah. I, so it's, it's the weirdest because uh, it is like a, it's like a, you know, a super shark. They talk about you know it's it's a remnant from the dinosaur rage, and and much like in Piranha 3D, um, <laughs> they're the ones that are actually attacking them end up just being babies. Um, but what's important to note here is that the person, the scientist, who figures out that they're babies. Brooke Hogan. Yes. The big star of this movie is Brooke Hogan.
0: Yeah. Scientific (laughs) genius, Brooke (laughs) Hogan. Yeah, Yeah. They have her (laughs) spitting out scientific jargon. She
2: gets to say lines like, well, I haven't finished doing all of my tests
0: like DNA. Yeah. Yeah, After she holds up a shark tooth. Yeah. She holds up a shark tooth and she says, this might be a baby shark. But it's too big. I still need to run some more tests.
2: You know, like carbon dating and DNA. Carbon dating. That's what she says. Carbon
0: dating a fresh tooth. She has to carbon date the fresh (laughs) tooth. The fresh tooth that they pulled out of a victim.
2: (laughs) Oh, man. And honestly, her lines seem like they were made up on the spot, where it's like, okay, we need to to film a couple scenes where uh, you're in here talking about the sharks. Just say some shit. Exactly. Um, because clearly nothing scripted, because at one point they're running away from the sharks and they get up on this rock, she and the, the, the sheriff. Like Tremors. Um, Yeah. Uh, <laughs> she and the sheriff, who is clearly a Chief Brody, because there are so many Jaws Dude, ripoffs. Dude, isn't it like the worst Jaws rip off oh, ever? They I mean, they a- literally have a Quince character. Yeah. That's how bad it is. And he mm-hmm.
0: says, I'll get you the head, the fin, the tail. Because I can't say the exact right. stripes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, hook, line, and sinker. He keeps yeah. saying. He keeps saying. But that. his accent changes throughout the whole movie. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I was trying to tell my wife that one of the things that made me so bad why they didn't have a script. So okay. So they're at this huge rave on the beach <laughs> to save the town, and there's like twenty people there.
2: Right. But they keep saying there's thousands of kids out there, yeah. and then they do wide shots at twenty. And they people. they have
0: Sandman festival, and our real nerds. It's like our real nerd setup. Oh, like, it's it's it, worse. It's like the same size though, is what I'm saying. It's like a black curtain <laughs> And a six foot table. And a six foot table <laughs> yeah. with a DJ <laughs> on it. And a tiny and a
2: tiny little sign in the middle of the curtain that doesn't mm-hmm. fill the... That doesn't
0: even like ours is, you know, neatly put up. The it's black string. This had white string. It <laughs> it was horrible. <laughs> Anyways, so I don't know if you notice this. So these kids were selling ecstasy at this uh big old party oh, or, or whatever. God, and then These girls wanted it and they said, well, you got to show us your tits or whatever it was. So the girl gets, she says, I'm not going to do that. And they say, no, show it to Mr. Sharks. It's
2: the longest negotiation to get boobs in a movie
0: I've ever seen. (laughs) And then they don't show them. So what the (laughs) hell? So anyways, there's a sand, there's like a sand make believe shark. Like they built it like a sand castle. And then so she goes down to show her boobs and then a sand shark comes up and eats her and blood flies all over these kids and it's brown blood. blood.
2: Yeah. It's the worst blood. It's
0: horrible. But then did you notice later when the dude who organized the event went to the get the kids off the pier? Those same two oh, kids yeah. who were goofing off like they didn't know that the girl was eaten by a sand shark <laughs> right in front of him. Yes, Or like didn't have any blood <laughs> yeah. on him. Th- he's like, get off! There's there's big giant sharks. They're like ah, oh, there's no big giant sharks. Then they get eaten by a shark. That's They're actually sure.
2: the funniest scene in the movie. Like the because yeah. mo- the way that the like the the douchey guy plays that scene is actually. A little bit genuinely funny. Yeah. I mean, after an hour and fifteen minutes of this shit. Yeah, anything but but would you be, know what but...
0: I mean? Like that's how inconsistent it is. Oh, yeah. You know, these kids literally had blood thrown on their face because a girl was eaten by a shark. A sand and then, shark. A sand shark. And then they're laughing because they didn't believe that there were sand sharks on this beach, and then they get eaten by a sand shark. Yeah.
2: That's how poorly written this. Well is. and the thing I was talking about before, like they escape up under this rock, and then two scenes later those two characters show back up in this house and everybody's like, wait a second, I thought that you were stuck on a rock. And they go, yeah, we got away.
0: They don't show how. <laughs> that. They don't explain how. <laughs> oh, it's ridiculous. I was, my,
2: my favorite scene, though, is there are these two guys who, after they announce that they're going to give away money to try and kill the shark, exactly like Jaws, um, because they need to keep the beaches open for the party or whatever, um, because 20 kids are going to spend a lot of money in this town. <laughs> and uh, these two guys go out onto the lake, and they're searching for the shark. And they got this little like rubber dinghy that they're in, <laughs> and they're rowing. And all of a sudden, the shark comes up, and it hits the boat. The boat flips over, and they're screaming. And they stand up in the water because it's knee-high water, <laughs> pick the boat up over their head, and run to shore. And I'm going, why the fuck were they searching for an actual... Because at this point, they don't know they're sand sharks. They were searching for a shark in a foot and a half of water that the, uh, it was the best scene I, I was i was like this is worth it uh
0: my favorite scene was when they were on the rocks and the the sheriff's sister was one of the deputies and she got bit in half oh, yes. and so oh, so he so the, the the party guy has to tell the sheriff that his sister's dead and he, it's his big emotional scene and this dude <laughs> this is uh, uh, here I'll, I'll play him for like 2 seconds Fifteen people died on that beach. I don't know how many, how he knew how many people died. <laughs> and one of them was my sister. I'm going to make sure you pay. And then he comes back later and says, wait, we need your help. Yeah.
2: Well, he actually apologizes. He's like, I'm sorry. I was I was a little emotional. I'm not actually going to kill you.
0: but I'm going to put you in jail. Yeah, I'm not going to kill you. You just got my sister eaten by a shark, but. It's okay. Yeah. And then Uh. they have that big emotional scene where he's going to die at the end. Yes. And they're like, no, No. don't do
2: it. No, (laughs) don't sacrifice yourself to the like weird, because the the, the last scene takes place, there's this little hut, and then there's like this dirt gravel area (laughs) outside, but then they keep cutting back and forth between like a beach shot of sharks. Which is uh, clearly CGI a Dorsal lo- fins. That's yeah, it. it's clearly a different location than where they're supposed to be having their their final onslaught against the sharks. Um, oh man, it's the worst. It's the worst. It is so the worst. Shecky, shut up.
0: So if uh, you're like, oh man, I really want to watch a shitty movie, um, watch Men in Black Three. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, do not watch. Uh, sand Sharks uh, Actually I would Yeah no Throw Sand Sharks out In the background It's awesome
1: When do Space <laughs> Sharks come out Dude that,
2: oh, oh my god do They have like
0: <laughs> Like the <laughs> Martian Helmets on their head <laughs> Quickly Quickly Brad Delete is that just floating around
2: Delete that part We gotta We gotta Dude, pitch We gotta to dot com <laughs> <sighs> Man Anyways That's what I watched this week And honestly That's all I watched this week too Brad
3: what
0: Brad what would you watch this week
3: Uh Should we let our guests Say something
0: well,
3: yeah. did <laughs> you watch this sure, week? Sure, Chris, where you go first? Uh, I, be- I believe I fell asleep watching Hostel 3.
2: Whoa, there's a third one of those?
3: It's on Netflix. It was one of those, you what go through it? the horror movie sections, and you're like just flipping through, and the person I was with was like, oh, let's watch this. It's it's bad.
2: Is it is it only on Netflix? I really, I didn't know that. I want to say own it's house. one of those
3: direct-to-DVD oh, yeah. releases that just never quite made it to DVD, yeah. so now it's on Netflix. But, uh, yeah, it's it's... There's only one scene that I really can remember paying attention to, and it's because they cut this guy's face off with a scalpel. I, I don't. But the effects were so horrible; it was. It looked more like something you'd see on uh, Robot Chicken. Yeah, <laughs> like that level of special effects. Right. And I, At some point, at that point, I was like, ah, "I'm just gonna go to bed."
2: I understood. I understood like the Saw movies. I mean, they weren't my thing. But when the Hostel ones came out, I I could never figure out. Did you guys see them? I mean, mm-hmm. we weren't, we weren't friends at the time, but I, I thought the yeah. first
3: two were actually not that bad. I, weird. Saw, I saw Hostel two before I saw Hostel one. And I was just like, "Who would make a movie like this?" Yeah, well, like, Eli just, Roth. Would, well, yeah, you know, see. and yeah, and then I kind of forgot about it because that was like what five years ago.
1: Yeah, all I remember from the first one was like the first, uh, forty-five minutes was just like naked teens, and then the last forty-five minutes was uh, naked
2: murdered teens.
1: Yeah, just murdering people.
3: (laughs) If you guys saw the second one, wasn't it the second one where they had some chick on like meat hooks upside down and someone like bathing in in her blood below? Like that's just messed up.
2: Yeah, I I don't understand the appeal. That's the problem. That's not
3: the right kind of scary. Yeah, it's more like weird yeah yeah,
2: yeah. And, it, and it and it makes you wonder about the people who make them because you're like what uh, why not only well, do you do you want to make this shit but then you think it's going to be entertaining to other people from,
3: from what I can remember from the storyline of Hostel 3 and, and keep in mind it was like and you fell asleep. And I fell asleep halfway yeah. through it but that's some guy kidnapping people both guys and girls and they're getting like their faces cut off in front of people that are watching and like being yeah. served drinks yeah. It's like in some...
2: So um, I don't go to foreign countries um, because I'm afraid of getting my face cut off. Mm-hmm. And served drinks. Yes. I'm actually more afraid of getting served <laughs> drinks than I am afraid of um, <laughs> getting my face chopped off. Anything else?
3: No, that's that's really all I had to have to watch. Yeah.
2: That's all right. Half of Hostel 3. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I have those weeks
1: uh well obviously i had a whole week off so oh yeah, you think i right. saw would see a ton of stuff yeah. but i'm kind of disappointed that i saw the same old stuff i always watch
2: oh lots so. of batman animated series
1: uh no i actually watched the uh dark knight trilogy oh, ah uh i, I, how, I, I how did are, it on another episode huh
2: i said how are those movies
1: the same as when i talked about it the last time i did it <laughs> except this time i didn't have to go out to the theater to get yeah. the third one yeah. Um, and then I also watched the Spider-Man trilogy.
2: Nice. Wow. Uh-huh.
1: Um, How are those movies? Uh, the special effects are horrible in HD. <laughs> like, yep. they really accentuate the, you know, obviously it's 10-year-old CGI. Right. It's from a, you know, less developed time. Um, but uh, way more enjoyable. I, I still, even the third one wasn't, like... It's Told such you,
0: a, th- third one's not bad. It, uh, oh, he he yep. hadn't said it yet, Ryan. It, you jumped
1: to the gun. It's <laughs> definitely the worst of the three, but it's uh, you know equally as entertaining to me as Amazing Spider-Man. Whoa! Yeah. So uh, and yeah, the
2: I don't know if you're insulting Amazing Spider-Man are really upping uh, Spider-Man three. story-wise,
1: it's just like that boring. You know, when uh, Venom and <laughs> I was kind of half at like editing at the time too so i wasn't paying my full attention to the third one yeah uh but all of a sudden i was like uh i noticed that uh, venom meets up with sandman i'm like where did this come from like i know i wasn't (laughs) paying attention but it's still like so weird
0: oh no well sandman thinks venom is spider-man and so he hits him out of the sky and then he's like you're not spider-man he says i hate spider-man and then they team up
1: yeah, but, I mean, Venom <laughs> had to find him in the middle of New York no, Venom in didn't, an alley somewhere. Venom didn't
0: find him. Sandman hit him out of the air because he thought yeah. he was Spider-Man. Yeah, That's but they still found each other. Like, they didn't, like, start no, the no, story. It's still totally, like, like
2: a, a plot moment from you know, the the three-frame Spider-Man in the newspaper, you know, where they have to, <laughs> they have to like, tell you stuff real fast. Yeah. It's still one of those moments where it's like, oh, shit, we got to get these guys together real quick. How about one swats the other one out of the sky? <laughs> like
1: That's how I felt in on it. It's just like we were on this one storyline, and all of a sudden we get, you know, to the, what, two-hour and ten-minute mark, and they got to go, oh, yeah, let's just wrap this up, you know, I get these two the, villains together what, what, and...
0: Like, makes number three really good though i love the harry osborne story in it i love the two friends fighting Mm. it gives it the emotional core but
1: then there's that whole like why are all these new yorkers uh standing around this construction site yeah and why are we having the whole paul verhoeven telecast going on that's my yeah that's the
0: one thing i did not like about that movie is that you have to have the newscaster tell you what's going on yeah we 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 can see what's (laughs) going on and
1: like we they, know what the they, stakes are.
2: They do do that in Amazing Spider-Man, but it is it's different. Mm. You know, it's it's almost more like that 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 we 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 need to s- sort of understand that. Oh, he's actually farther away. Like we actually don't know what the stakes are. We don't realize how far away he is from the building, and that's why they do it. You should watch um, the special
0: features for Amazing Spider-Man. They talk about that sequence. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm. How the the producer said he walked through New York and he realized that if he was legitimately going to swing from building to building and it was so far away there's no way he could make it. Yeah, And so he came up with that whole idea of the construction guys. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, I still think the uh, original trilogy is lots of fun. Oh yeah. I the think first
1: one, the only glaring like, other than the special effects, like that whole uh, Macy Gray music video that oh, they yeah. slipped oh, into they're the like, movie. Macy, oh. Macy Gray! Yeah, oh, it's the, like uh, you can't hide that from me. I know. Like, that, I know what you're trying it's, to do. It sucks,
0: <laughs> but at the same time, being a huge Green Goblin and Spider-Man fan, oh, when so that f- shot of the Green Goblin starts coming across the city, I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, that is really cool,
2: but I was really afraid you were gonna say being a really big Macy Gray fan. <laughs> oh, was <okay. I laughs> <laughs> really disappointed.
0: She, she sold out. How's it go?
2: Uh, I tried to say Banner. Yeah. <laughs> and then I realized, uh,
1: <laughs> this is the first time I watched uh, the Spider Man 2.1, mm-hmm. and there's oh, actually yeah. some pretty useful yeah. singings that were got cut out, uh, yeah. And, Except for that one where J Jonah, Jonah Jameson's wearing the Spider-Man suit, yeah, he's like, that's, that's around silly. desk, like, I never saw it before. Yeah, yeah. It just, I'm glad that got cut. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it just makes no sense.
0: Yeah, but no, it's silly. I, I still think the fight on the subway is one of the best action, oh, yeah. scenes ever. Yeah. Um, it's still, it's still one
2: of the the better uh, superhero movies. Period.
1: Sorry, going back to three, two, like, so Harry's Butler. Like when Harry <laughs> yeah. still can't figure out that that's you know, his father. His dad it was the villain. Yeah. Like, and Peter's like, you know, let's, you gotta just save MJ, like let this go. And then the Butler finally like walks in and just explain, like, yeah, this has yeah. been going on for what, two years, three <laughs> years. And he finally's like, Who? even in the second one, he says, you know, your father obsessed more over his work.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's a great line. It's one of my like, favorite lines in that
2: movie.
1: A movie ago would have been a good time to tell him <laughs> that, about the, cleaning well, the wounds. Well, he
2: was trying to tell him, Hey, don't obsess over this. And then it takes him a whole movie to be like, all right, since you're not going to let this shit go, you know.
0: Do you have the Blu-ray of it? Yeah. There. Did you see there's a great like little featurette about Sam Raimi trying to direct that butler guy on how to deliver? Like Originally, it's a way longer scene, but he can't do it. So that's <laughs> why that scene's in there like that. It's really funny. Uh, oh, wow.
1: He just couldn't find the character? Yeah. yeah. He, <laughs> he
0: couldn't do it because like, he's obviously not like a trained actor, I guess. Uh. And he he, he couldn't. Uh, oh,
2: but they had to use him because he was casting the exactly. In the so
0: yeah. he they tr- he tried to do it and over and over and they said, "Okay, why don't you just say this part?" They really <laughs> condensed it.
2: Wow, just you yeah.
1: think he just rewrite it or
0: something? Yeah, <laughs> or yeah, maybe, who knows? Yeah. Um, or maybe have Harry find out? <laughs> you know, yeah, without the help of the butler. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> just come to a decision. Yeah, and all, the butler cleans like. <laughs> Uh, know, he Osborne's Wounds like it's not just like the city coroner or something you know
0: <laughs> well they didn't want him to find out mortician that I guess. he was the green goblin he got hit in the balls man <laughs> oh um,
2: yes that part that was my favorite part
0: that he got no, it's, it's not It's not really my favorite part <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah I
1: also watched Moonrise Kingdom again because that showed up on Blu-ray for me nice
0: you did know?
2: you watch that uh, that following Blu-ray
1: that hasn't showed up yet oh cool
0: so, and I think that's it. I was going to watch the Spider Man trilogy I watched this week, more. but I, I decided to watch other stuff.
1: Oh, I I watched the whole fourth season of Taxi. <laughs> <laughs> what?
0: <laughs> wait, wait. Yeah. Wait, here's the thing. Um,
2: we haven't talked about you watching the lo- the first three seasons of Taxi over the last three weeks. So well, you-
1: <laughs> I watched the first three seasons of Taxi like in you know ten years oh. ago, and then I oh. finally got the fifth season, you know, years <laughs> later, and then just now I got the fourth season. <laughs> oh. Because it was always like ridicu- ridiculously expensive on oh. Amazon, so
2: gotcha. Finally got
1: caught up on that.
2: It's, it's pretty good, huh?
1: Yeah, it's actually uh like the I do remember the first two seasons being really corny. Um,
2: H- how did you get into Taxi?
1: I watched on Nick and Night as a kid. I uh, I watched yeah. Dick Dyke Show, Mary Tyler Moore Show, Taxi, Mork and Mindy, Green Acres.
2: I'm with you on Mork and Mindy.
1: Hitchcock presents. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Nick at Night, what a great! I've only walk. got
1: the one season. I'm working Mindy, so working on the other two, and I think there's five, but they yeah. still released two don't of
2: them. You don't
0: really need the Jonathan
2: Winters. I still want to see the Jonathan
1: Winters one. No, it's he's an elderly baby.
2: I no, I <laughs> I know what he is. Um, that's the problem. Yeah.
1: But no, I'm glad. Uh, uh Jim Ignatowski is such a like. I I think they put him in there because Annie Coffin was such a flake about the show. Like he didn't like being. Um, Laka Gravis all the time and so in actually I think in the fourth season they start giving him this uh, they write into this thing where he has a mental deficiency like some kind of psychological problem that makes him slip into other characters so he creates a character called Vic Ferrari who's like a suave s- smooth talking guy who's like a cool with the ladies so like Andy Kaufman was so bored with being Laka like they had to write in that he could play yeah. all these other weird characters so that's annoying. <laughs> like it's just like they have like, these plots for these shows and all of a sudden these episodes and then all of a sudden like Andy Kaufman shows up and he's playing like some weird other character that you know and then he'll slip in and out of it and go back to being Latka. Weird. Like, it's just like it's his need for attention. Yeah. It like disrupts you falling along with the rest of the that's too plots bad.
0: and stuff. But Andy Kaufman look at me. Yeah. Isn't he dead?
1: And there's this great thing no, where actually
2: he he never actually died. That was a conspiracy. Mm.
1: There's this great B plot where Jim Ignatowski gets hooked on Pac-Man.
2: Uh, Is that a drug? Huh? No, like it's some kind of drug.
1: Uh, Danny DeVito's character slipped my mind right now. Buys a Pac-Man machine to put in the dispatch.
2: Oh, like the video game?
1: Yeah, the, like the arcade unit. And, uh, Jim <laughs> what did you think it was? <laughs> <laughs> I, knew what he was I, I knew
2: what he was talking about. I was just wondering how long it was going to take him to be like, yeah, no, stop, stop being a pain, James.
1: Louie. Louis, yeah. Stop being a pain, James. <laughs> and Jim it basically set, spends all his paychecks back into the Pac-Man machine. Ah. And then his his paychecks go back to the cab company. Yeah. And they actually spend about a good ten minutes of the show explaining how Pac-Man works. <laughs> 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 like, you gotta you, what you're this little you know, a yellow guy and these ghosts are going to follow you and you have to eat all the and they, like, it's this long drawn out <laughs> explanation of how Pac-Man works almost like Capcom <laughs> had a commercial like Namco oh, yeah. or Namco yeah sorry
0: nerd cred is just keep going downhill that's all I watched <laughs> <laughs> awesome lots to watch this week boys box office number time
4: this is the box office stats
0: Nothing exciting. Skyfall won $10 million. That's kind of exciting. It took over Twilight. Yeah. Yeah. It's fifth week. Hasn't happened in a long time. Yeah. Where a movie is number one in the fifth week. Highest grossing pond of all time. It's good
2: because a a movie like that deserves to finally dethrone uh, Twilight because, man, Mm -hmm. shit is garbage. I I mean, it's good Mm -hmm. at getting girls
0: hooked on literature or something, but those movies are garbage. (laughs) So yeah, Skyfall number one movie. Very cool. What did we see last week? Oh, Twilight. Twilight. Right. Lincoln was number two, Twilight was number three. Wow. Good. Even Lincoln beat it? Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Lincoln has really good word of mouth.
2: Did you see when we were at The Hobbit tonight, <laughs> did you see that there were a bunch of people dressed up in As Lincoln? <laughs> no. <yeah. laughs> well, well, there was one guy no, there was a guy as Lincoln. There were a bunch of people in like there, civil war garb. There was a, a, a,
3: a lady walking around in a Civil War style dress uh, and yeah. this that.
2: No, it, well, I think the movie had started by the time you got hmm. there. I
1: would never and go to a theater dressed as Lincoln.
3: Yeah, that's just asking <laughs> did, for it.
2: I did see the Lincoln. Oh, yeah. Oh,
3: there's, man. There was a Union soldier that walked out to refill his 44-ounce Coke <laughs> <laughs> in the middle of the movie. Yeah.
0: Who knew? He's, He's like, like, this weird. is what
3: the future's like? This is amazing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Carbonated beverages and, and pictures that move. It's an, It's sweet <laughs> <incredible. It's> sarsaparilla. <laughs> what else did I say back then? uh no. My ah, dear Hannah, <laughs> <laughs> my morning is. Anyways, it's a uh, DVD and Blu-ray li- Blu-ray release time. DVD releases and Blu-rays. Uh, I can't see the stuff, James. So why don't oh, you tell okay. us what's coming out?
2: It's there's a bunch of shit this week. Um, so, Brad's favorite movie of the year, Pitch Perfect, comes out. Nice pitch slapped. Um, it's a it's a lot of like middle of the road stuff. Total Recall comes out, the the remake. Um I heard the director's cut's way different. Yeah. I'm gonna have to check it out. Um I'm not gonna have to, but I I might. Um Diary of a Wimpy Kid Dog Days, which yeah. I I guess is a big deal. Kids like those books. Um Trouble with the Curve, which was that Clint Eastwood movie where Amy Adams is mad at him.
1: Um <laughs> Clint Eastwood's a reverse moneyball. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it totally is. Oh my it's god. Nerd. Um the the maybe the biggest release uh is Resident Evil Retribution. Yeah. comes out this week so Ryan can finally complete his his collection until uh,
1: next year when they release the next one. Yeah.
2: <laughs> which we will see. Um there's also Premium Rush comes out this week.
0: Nice The um, cover art for that's horrible. It's
2: well yeah. Um it's not the only thing that's not very good about that movie. <laughs> um Liberal Arts, which is that movie that the Guy from oh Ted yeah. or the, the Josh guy Radner. who plays Ted, yeah, Josh Ratner, Um That he is in. There's the second season of Shameless. And I think, Shameless
0: as a man can be.
2: Uh, the first <laughs> season of House of Lies, which uh, the Billy Joel reference. <laughs> and I think that's pretty much it. Oh, there's some little, there's some Ninja Turtle stuff.
0: Oh yeah, all the Blu-rays are like individually released. Yeah, that's what it is. Oh, the movies.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, uh, Red Hook Summer which is the most recent Spike Lee joint that no one saw. Oh, yeah, cool. Um, yeah. Oh, and a Blu-ray of Flight of the Navigator. There you go. Yeah, hmm. Inside man. Man's a good movie. Something Spike to Lee. buy this week. Yeah, it looks like everything. No shark movies. Yep, I
0: think it's a couple weeks. No sharks.
2: Yeah. Oh, man. Might have to rent that.
0: Cool. Cool. Unspool real news, James.
4: It's real news!
2: Well, we got a lot of trailers this week, and I don't want to to talk about all of them, but there's a couple that I feel like need to be discussed. Uh, The big one was that for a long time now, people have been talking a lot of word about Pacific Rim, but we've gotten very little about it, Mm -hmm. and this week we got a Pacific Rim trailer. Did you guys get to check it out? I did. I heard some things about it. (laughs) (laughs) Chris, you saw right? Yes, I did. Uh, You are... You are a a big fan of giant transforming robot thingies. Uh, what do you think about that trailer?
3: Um, well, word of mouth, uh, like in the Tokusatsu kind of fan community, is pretty huge because it kind of goes along the lines of what that entire genre is about, which is yeah. people in big giant robot suits fighting big monster things. Oh yeah. Um, so they're all excited. Uh, you and I were talking earlier when we were in line for uh for the Hobbit about it. And kind of, I can just repeat the same things I said there. It's uh, it was uh, to get the attention of all the people that are gonna go see a movie, just eat popcorn and be wowed for fifteen minutes or whatever. It didn't tell you anything about a story. Didn't tell you anything about anything yeah. other than here's some special effects, here's some aliens, here's some explosions. We have giant robots. Yay.
0: Yeah. yeah. Sold me. Yeah.
3: Sold. <laughs> I mean, going, yeah.
2: Absolutely. And I mean, <clears throat> the the thing about it is, is that. We've heard so much about the action sequences being really cool or if you if you follow news coming out of Comic-Con that's what we hear um but I feel like it it it's sort of holding back here. A, a lot of what we see bit. in the trailer is, you know, hey, you remember Godzilla? Well, here's a shot that's a lot like that. And you remember Cloverfield? Here's a shot that's a lot like that. I mean, I I didn't feel like I saw anything really fresh in this trailer other than maybe when he's punching the monster and the rocket launches on the back. Um but it definitely it's exciting in that it it feels like I mean, and the Transformers movies feel this way too where it feels like a little kid playing with his toys smashing them together and like this is what that would actually be. Um yeah, uh, I- I'm still excited for it. It's just that this trailer did not wow me. You know, as excited as we were after the Star Trek trailer, man, I was not I did not have the same buzz. Um
1: I heard it's the uh, Neon Genesis movie I've always wanted.
3: <laughs> yeah, I I would say yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: I don't know what that means.
1: Either do I. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, one of the other trailers, we also got a trailer <laughs> for Oblivion, but that just looks cool. Um, Tom Cruise. But I think more interesting is we got a trailer for After Earth, um, which...
0: Uh, my favorite filmmaker is making it, by the way.
2: I was just going to say, what's weird about Tim this Bird trailer made, is... made that one? No, M. Night Shamalama Ding Dong. That's what's oh. weird, is that nowhere in the trailer does it say his name. It yeah, because he's an embarrassment now. Right, exactly. I mean it it's it's crazy. There was a time where like I remember on signs that his name is over oh, that dude, movie and, and it was Devil
0: is M Night Shyamalan presents.
2: You're right. Devil. And that that did poorly too. I mean they I, it's almost like they're going to start not showing the Blinding Edge part before the trailer cuz they somebody might know, you know? <laughs> like it's really bizarre. And I, I don't think that movie looks bad. Um I, I, you know, it, it's intriguing. It, it's certainly not exciting the way that some of the other trailers we've got. My problem with that are, all but,
0: the time is it just seems Will Smith wants to make his kid popular. Yeah, no,
3: that's said, my, is, is that his kid? Yeah, yeah, that's uh, Jaden so Smith. So it's, a, yeah, it's a family movie, literally. Well. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, I see what I'm you mean. waiting for his wife to pop in as something. Uh, like I, I really don't want to see some, Jada The picture. last human woman left behind. I, I don't want to uh, see Jada Pickett. And his daughter does the there. soundtrack. <laughs> oh. I, I whip my hair It's like a slower <laughs> version of <laughs> With my hair back
2: yeah. oh, and with man. an orchestra behind it. Well, yeah, it's like a dr- dr- dramatized, yeah. you know, I whip my hair back and forth. No, that's like a lounge. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just think it's I think it's fascinating to see how far that guy has fallen. I mean we'll
0: see it, but I, I don't know about it. Oh yeah. It looks kind of like Avatar but without the avatars.
2: It could it could be cool. And you know, this is still a first trailer, so there's not a lot of plot in it.
1: Um they showed it to us right after Oblivion, so I felt like it was Totally overshadowed. In the same universe. Yeah. yeah. Um
0: and where
2: whereas Oblivion's got so much sort of hints at plot and cool story and yeah. the the cool. And someone you could root for Tom
0: Cruise in that yeah. one, you're like, oh, I have to they'd really just show Jaden Smith walking around Earth. Yeah. Uh oh, monkeys.
2: Yeah. um anyway uh it's been a long time since we had anybody die on the podcast well not on the podcast but we talk about people dying on a podcast um rusty mills died at 49 this week um rusty mills was uh he was a director for warner brothers most importantly he was the uh he was the director for animaniacs and pinky and the brain yeah. oh, um man. he had colon cancer for quite a while and uh Um, died this week, which is unfortunate, Um, but it's really just a chance for us all to talk about how talented that, whoa, you asshole. (laughs) Wow. I was just going to talk about how, you know, how much those shows meant to me and how, Uh how great it was. And you had to make a took it up the butt joke.
0: I said it quietly. You just made it really loud. Yeah,
2: no, because I need to spread your shame out so everyone can see it. You have to see
0: it all. Is that me taking it up the butt? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Spreading my shame out so <laughs> I can see it all. You know yeah. there's
1: still a fourth volume of Animaniacs that has to come out? Yeah,
0: it comes out really soon. Yeah. Um, I wait. assume
1: since it's been so long that there's only those,
0: what, three? I know. I did love the Animaniacs. I used to have the oh, soundtrack. Yeah. And was is
2: Batman, the mystery of the Batwoman, is that that episode from volume... Four? I don't
1: think so I think it's his own uh, movie
2: Oh okay Alright Because he directed that too hmm. um, As well as some some uh, uh, Tiny Toons adventures That was um, like the
3: last Really good Era of cartoons
0: Oh yeah Well that and Avatar The Last Airbender uh, I uh, I got 100% uh, On my Geography test For the United States Capitals Because, because, of, because Animaniacs. of Animaniacs Because oh, I mean, of
1: Animaniacs Because of America Pilly,
0: yeah, Which is up in Vermont See, <laughs> I remember that stuff <laughs> I no. ripped
1: him off my cassette. I can give him to you.
0: <laughs> yeah? Yeah. You should give him to me. Yeah. Thanks.
2: Though, uh, all of that said, he was also the one who tore it all down with Pinky Elmira and the brain, which was a god-awful show. Made me so sad. Um. Ooh. ooh come on. Go ahead. Uh, the first two, the very last thing is the first two seasons of The Walking Dead are going to get re-released come spring, well, February-ish, in black and white on AMC. So you're cool. going to be able, if you haven't been watching the show and you want to catch up, or if you just want to see it in black and white, which would be awesome. Um, or at least I expect it will be. Um, that You're going to get a chance. It starts mid-February, like the 18th or something like that. Um, my one problem with this is, of course, that then they are going to re-release the DVDs. With uh, entirely black and white seasons on them, to double dip the fans or triple dip the fans on fir- on the first season, um, you wanna
1: know how to get those for free?
2: D- uh, torrent them on no. uh, the internet.
1: Desaturate the color on your television. Oh, yeah. this, <laughs> is <also laughs> this is also very true. Oh
0: man, yeah. <laughs> uh, in your face, AMC. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, A public service announcement from the real nerds.
2: <laughs> well, I've I've never gotten saving chance you money. Know. I've never gotten a chance to watch the first one in black and white. You own it, right? You've yeah. seen it. It's, it's really cool. good. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, without <laughs> d- Frank Darabont on it, maybe the show because he sort of filmed it knowing he was going to do that. Mm-hmm. But maybe it doesn't make a difference. It's just a lack of color. It's not like 3D where you got to film it for that. Anyway, <laughs> that's news.
0: Uh, this week in the comic book corner, our guest has a comic book. So let's hit that comic book corner. <laughs> <laughs> I <don't> Shit. Know. <laughs> It's late. <laughs>
2: <laughs> What's up, nerds? It's the Comics Corner. So Chris, what do you what got
3: for us? 2.30 in the morning. Um, usually licensed comic properties are, are pretty crappy comic books, yeah. just in general. Oh, absolutely. Um, so being a, a, a toy collector and a nerd for many, many, many decades now, two yeah. and a half, practically. Um, and that's a lot. Actually, I'm going to bring out uh, Transformers.
0: 25 years.
3: I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> shit no there, uh, there's a transformers book out there right now um there's actually two two ongoing um it's made by uh or put out by idw publishing uh who had they make good shit yeah they they did very well they do very well with, like star trek i believe and they got a
2: when they had that, that whole crossover thing where it was like star trek and transformers oh, they and... tried they,
3: they yeah. to yeah. catch on the zombie train yeah. with the infestation, and and that just got weird yeah that was with Mike Costa that's writing not things. the book and that, that was no, no no yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah after the comics sucked for so long and a lot of the the Transformer fans who read the comics you know bitched and complained and wondered why the hell these things were still coming out they went ahead yeah. and separated the book into two separate directions yeah two separate titles with different casts in each one um the one I am referring to is uh the subtitles more than meets the eye mm-hmm. it's written by a guy named James Roberts who's actually uh out in the UK kinda got his start as like a just a fanfic writer, wrote his own characters, his own stories, and eventually got picked up by ADW. Um, he's writing a hell of a book though. Cool. Um I think it's comic book resources every week or so often they uh do their you know the hot pile, the okay pile and like the crap to avoid pile. And I think he's had his issues on there four or five times now as far as a hot title to pick up. Um the last issue that came out was just number eleven um so some, it's still early it's something that it's, it's still can... early you can still get the uh the uh trades. trades and you catch up a little bit there you can you if you want to just go online to do comicsology. yeah if you're lame like me and don't feel like driving to a comic store to find out your comics well okay. but, you, but you wouldn't yeah. do that because we have a store
2: but um who <laughs> oh does, yeah, yeah, who, does who does who does the art
3: um it's uh actually a friend of mine uh, his name's alex milne um pretty much just done transformer stuff for the last like Eight years of his life. Cool. Um, you can find him like DeviantArt and things like that. Uh, I think his name on DeviantArt's marker guru, but I don't remember off the top of my head. Um, it's a really good book, though. Um, it's not like I said. The licensed properties usually suck. Oh yeah. They, yeah. they usually we've leave.
2: we've talked about all of the the horror ones plenty of times on here,
3: but it's um, it's it's just great writing. It's great characterization. It's it's there's humor. Um, and James Roberts, like I said, he's become uh, a favorite comic Arthur yeah. writer of mine just in the last three months. Cool. What's
1: he doing in it that's so compelling? Like... Just
3: the way he's writing stories, the characterization of each character, you know, it's it's different than what you might have been used to, I guess. Um, he's one of those writers who he'll throw something in, like, issue two, just a, a one-liner from a character, and it's becoming a major plot point six issues later. Yeah, um, There's mysteries. The big story arc that just finished was... Uh, they were telling a story about what happened on Cybertron way back. That's their home planet way back in the past uh, when the war was going on and there's a Senator and you don't know what's up with the Senator cause you know, he becomes a different character cause they lead up to it and he becomes, yeah. you find out who he turns into and it's not anybody you expect at all. And then once you realize it, you can go back six years into something IDW wrote six years ago and actually find the link that he decided to go back and uh, oh, take a okay. that he had nothing to do with.
2: Is he, um, if you're somebody who's not reading a lot of Transformers stuff or doesn't okay. know a lot of know all of Transformers mm-hmm. canon, is it something you can just pick up?
3: Uh yes. Um, obviously, I mean, IDW had their own little storyline and they retconned it, and then they had another storyline and they retconned it. Cool. That's what they do. Um, but everything is pretty much self-contained. You really don't need to have the history yeah. and the history you do need to know. They go ahead and retell for you. Very cool. So
2: it seems like they've been doing that because isn't IDW doing the Turtles books as well? Yeah. 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 It seems like they've been doing that a lot lately where they've been you know, trying to get people back into some of those older um older franchises and, and have do it in a way where the canon doesn't matter as much. So that's cool. And I bet I bet because they have a, a really wide expanse and you would have it in your hands rather than on your phone you could get it at colorado coins cards and comics absolutely
0: you you can get at colorado coins cards and comics
2: though it's probably you know normal priced there isn't it i mean you can't get it any
0: cheaper can you can the back issues will be half off oh man yeah plus if you if you have like a hold slot then all the new issues are 20 percent off there you go very cool well thanks cool yeah way a way different one than we usually do exactly i know so thanks so this week we saw the hobbit at 48 frames per second in 3D in 3D
2: uh, the hobbit an unexpected journey
0: an unexpected journey that's right because we have two more of these yep. um i don't know if you've ever listened to our podcast uh chris but now we go around and say chris should people go see the hobbit yes
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right brad should people go see the hobbit
1: um i was uh i was really bored with the first half and then really engaged in the second half i think um, people should just go get a sampling of the sixty uh, frames per second frame rate. 40,
2: 48. 48? Yeah, it's forty-eight. That mm-hmm. was oh, sixty. No, Douglas Trumbull is doing sixty.
1: Oh, yeah. okay. Well, at least uh, yeah, just experience it once. You know, yeah. Uh, just uh, for that alone, just to definitely, uh, you'll experience a difference. Oh yeah.
2: Explain you know, um, Yeah, I definitely think like if you're if you're a, a Lord of the Rings fan, you definitely ought to check this out um while it it feels more like a, a first act of a trilogy than the fellowship of the ring did um and i think it suffers a little bit from that i still think it is it is good and you're going to want to see it now because you're probably going to want to see the sequels for sure um the 3d uh i i will say this i have never enjoyed 3d and found it as impressive as i did in the high frame rate and i believe that is entirely because of the high frame rate um I don't think it's entirely I don't think the high frame rate is entirely where it needs to be um but I I do think if you're interested in it for sure check it out you know especially if you're going to see the movie more than once make one of those times a high frame rate and just see how you enjoy it and how how that changes the experience for you cuz I I think it's pretty interesting at the very least
0: Uh yeah the movie is good um <laughs> <laughs> uh, you should see it. I mean, uh, telling someone to see it, uh, I mean, you should see The Hobbit. And
2: yeah, uh, yeah. everybody's going to um, go see this movie, and, and I don't think you're going to get disappointed by it.
0: We'll roll the trailer, and then we'll talk about yeah. The Hobbit. And when we do, we'll, go, An unexpected we'll, journey. we'll
2: start going into trailers a little bit, or spoilers a little bit, so be warned.
4: Far to the east, over ranges and rivers, lies a single, solitary peak. The dwarves are determined to reclaim their homeland...
0: I like visitors as much as the next Hobbit. But I do like to know them before they come. Visiting. Mr. Baggins? At your service.
4: Hmm? I'm surrounded by dwarves. What are they doing here? They're quite a merry gathering. So, this is the Hobbit. You asked me to find the 14th member of this company, and I have chosen Mr. Baggins. Me? No. No, no, no. Hobbits can pass unseen by most if they choose, which gives us a distinct advantage. We will seize this chance to take back Erebor! Here, Mr. Bilbo! Where are you off to? I'm going on an adventure! Mithrandir, why the halfling? Why Bilbo Baggins? Perhaps it is because I'm afraid. (laughs) And it gives me courage. So this is your purpose? To enter the mountain? What of it? There are some who would not deem it wise. A dark power has found a way back into the world. Why don't we have a game of riddles? And if it loses, right then. If loses, precious, then
0: we exit. If Baggins loses, we'll it home. Fair enough.
4: I would take each and every one of these dwarves over the mightiest army. Marker! Loyalty. Honour. A willing heart. I can ask no more than that. Home is now behind you. The world is ahead. Well, that could have been worse. You've
0: got to be the high frame rate is really distracting. I Yeah. um I I don't think I can see too many movies like it because yeah. one it there's parts in the movie where it looked like they were on a set and it looked uh, yeah. really bad. The opening um attack of smog uh, smog, smog smog on the the dwarves. When they were running through the little town square they had, it looked really fake.
2: Yeah, it kind of looks like video. It kind of looks yeah. like, a, like a History Channel reenactment. Or a soap um, opera or something.
1: I thought I was watching yeah. a three-hour video game cutscene.
2: Oh, yeah. yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. The high frame, it definitely feels like a video game. Because video games are running on a good day at 60 frames per second. Mm. And so that's that's why. Um, and it,
1: like, it made all the C- to me, it made all the CGI elements look more realistic for some reason. But Ooh. also made all the human film uh, characters... Either they were moving too fast, like someone was fast-forwarding through their mm, actions, yeah. or they just felt out of place.
2: I um, I sort of had the opposite reaction, where I, mm. I, um, I early on, before I sort of got used to it, like when we first see Bilbo and he's rooting around in that trunk, I was like, whoa, why is he moving so fast? Uh, but after that, that, that sort of wore off on me. I had the opposite reaction, though, where sometimes the CG, when the CG was moving, that felt a little bit more out of place. It almost made the CG pop a little for me, where I was like, okay, well, that's that's fake. Um, you know, like, like the bad hand in Twilight from last week. You know, that kind of thing, where it feels like it's plastered on rather than really being a part of the environment. Um, and it may be I see it in 2D, and I go, oh, actually, that shot is just bad, a bad CG shot. It, it might be that. It, it's hard to separate those I,
3: things out.
0: I don't know. I but, think um, at the high frame rate, the CGI didn't have weight to it. It yeah. seemed... Uh, I mean, there's some parts that are, I mean, spectacular looking in it. Um, The part that really stood out to me that that looked kind of bad was uh, when they're riding on the hawks. There's a part where the hawks are going over this ridge and you can kind of see like the black outlines and stuff. And I think that's part of the high frame rate where it's going to render things better. You're going to see it more clearly, I guess. Yeah. On the edges. Uh, But as for the movie itself, yeah, I think it, it took a while for it to get going. Yeah. Um I mean there's still some fun little parts in it. Um but it seems like it it was kind of dragging its feet to get going. Yeah. Um,
2: well, and I, before before we move on too much to the movie, I do want to talk about um the Oh, is this I, your I fucking think, show now, Jane? No, no, no <laughs> I, just, I I want to finish the conversation about the 3D and the the HFR before we, you know, cuz then we can just put it to bed. Um I think for one, we have to remember that this is the first movie that's done it. And so I think that some of this stuff um down the road they fucking might work apology. it out. Um, no, no, I'm just I'm just saying I think it's I think it's an, an interesting thing and, and we can't right away say like, oh, this is shit and I never want to see this again because uh, I don't feel that way. I think some of it is just that they got to work some of this stuff out. Um, but also, okay, but how do you work I,
0: out them moving that way?
2: I I, th- I think that you find little tricks to, you know, figure to realize like, OK, well, the reason is because when we render it this way, that makes it pop in the high frame rate. And if we do it a little bit
0: differently, yeah. but I'm talking about it, people who walk. Like there's parts when Bilbo oh, at the, the beginning was walking yeah. that was so unnatural that that's what I I'm talking about the high frame rate. There's parts where it looked spectacular. Yeah. And I'd go like ten minutes without noticing it, then all of a sudden there'd be a shot, um, and you're like, Whoa. You know, yeah. then you're like pulled out immediately again. Yeah. So I think that's the the hard thing with me with this high frame rate. Um but yeah, I mean I I, I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna see another one in high frame rate. I mean, right. who it, knows? it's just
2: a, it's not it's definitely not perfected yet. Um, but I, I still, there were shots and this has never happened to me before. And you, you know, people who listen know that I am not a huge fan of 3d, but I later in the movie, there were arrows getting shot sort of not directly at us, but you know, in, into the 3d. Um, and my eye involuntarily twitched as if to protect it from getting hit. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like that, I was that convinced that I was seeing something depth, and it does look. It looks like. Oh no, I it's agree. Way
1: better. I felt 3D. like I was in that world. Yeah, so exactly. It's probably I the mean, best three D I've ever seen. Oh, uh, it's definitely if, the yeah. best.
0: There's parts when, um, Gollum's crawling around, and you know the jagged rocks and stuff, and then when yeah. he, uh, actually, my favorite this is, is silly, but my favorite three D shot is when Gollum's talking, and then he turns into Sméagol and he looks right at the camera, and you feel like yeah. he's talking to you, and yes. I mean the. There was parts of, i mean yeah. yeah 3D was impressive and i yeah. you know i'm not a fan of 3D and i
2: think that's why i'm apologizing for the for the high frame rate stuff because i was so impressed by the 3D that i want them to figure this out cuz i was like okay you you unlike avatar this time they actually showed me something where i was like okay this could be really cool um but anyway unless anybody else has something to say about the frame
3: rate i um, just as far as the frame rate goes i don't think there's too much you can fix with it only because we were talking earlier about it too is just it looked like at times there was guys like you were watching maybe it was just a 3d with it but it looked like you were sitting in a theater and they were acting on a yeah, stage yeah, yeah, right yeah, up yeah, on yeah. top of you yeah you know and and yeah they move fast because that's how people move naturally when you're looking at them I mean, if you start waving your arms around like this you're yeah. going to be going that fast that's exactly what Bilbo was doing in that scene and and
2: it could just be that audience have to sort of get retrained to watch these movies, and that motion just is going to be a little maybe, bit different but maybe, i i
3: don't want it to be that maybe we've just spent the last what seventy years watching movies where that never yeah happened, and we've just been trained that movies move a little bit slower than real life, but, but yeah I mean,
0: but you can not say i mean well, me and actually uh, when the opening when the Warner Brothers thing happened. I, I was like, whoa, this is super clear. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. oh,
1: yeah. There's,
0: I mean, there's parts where, I mean, I do like the outside stuff. I guess I should uh, preface, like, when you tell that it's on a stage, it's not as good. But when it was outside when they're riding horses and stuff, I thought yeah. it looked amazing. Absolutely. Um, and that's the part where it didn't bother me as much. But I think the parts when they're on sets was where it was.
3: Well, let me ask you, Ryan. Um, sure. The one part that I noticed that, that really bothered me was when... Gandalf leaves Bilbo in the very beginning when he marks yeah, yeah, the yeah, door yeah, yeah. and Bilbo's watching out the window. Yeah. as I mean, that just stood out to me as what I would call a bad... It, just, it was weird. You could tell yeah. that it was you know bilbo on a set looking out a yeah window. exactly yeah. that's what i
0: mean yeah. yeah but there's yeah like i said there's parts when they're outside when they're riding the horses and stuff i oh, think yeah. it looked spectacular like right. the sun looked real and uh it, so i I liked that part It of felt it. like
3: you were on an opposing mountaintop watching them run across a mountain Exza- exactly yeah.
0: Yeah. that part was cool but uh yeah some parts it right it's like as a play you know you could see the sets and yeah,
3: yeah. Um, maybe it's
2: almost
0: too clear yeah but- but that sounds kind of silly. It looks too good. I I know. No, exactly. Um, Um,
1: I'm trying to remember if I, like, I don't think I, I think part of the high frame rate is that there's no motion blur on anything. So like when you were waving your hand earlier, I was like, I see, you know, intertwined frames of my hand moving. Yeah. naturally, but I can't think of seeing anything like that in the,
0: again, you know, you should see it. It, It's an experience and um, it, it doesn't make the movie Worse, you know, it's, no. it just. And if
2: you're gonna see it in 3D, I think that's the way oh, yeah. to see yeah. it.
0: For oh fair. yeah, um, But yeah, I, I thought, you know, the movie is good. I mean, it's it's there's it's not. I wouldn't say it's not a bad movie. No. Um, but there is parts, you know, it drags its feet. I think at the beginning. I think Brad you alluded to it. You know, it just. <laughs> I left the theater at one point to go get next. Did I you like, really? Yeah, dick. You didn't notice like, some eat, getting up and leaving. Yeah. No, like, I felt like, like I was like people oh, were getting annoying everybody. I thought, that, I thought
2: that
3: was some lady. Yeah, I, like, that, I there was a there was a lady that stood up and stomped out. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah but people oh,
2: were getting yeah, up constantly through
0: that movie. I'm like, what yeah. the fuck is going well, on? Here?
2: Especially like uh, that first half or so. I think people were just sort of restless because there's a lot of. Just sort of setting stuff well, if, up, and if
3: you're not familiar, well, not even setting stuff up, maybe setting up the story. But I mean, it introduces to you what 14 characters. Like, yeah, yeah I,
0: I think that's that. You're if, right.
3: If you're not familiar with the book or anything about it, you're gonna. Yeah. It's 14 characters that you're really gonna get to know, like three. But yeah. you're only gonna remember the name of like what one? Yeah, I can't remember because most they of don't the mention the names of the others, and no. so it's it's Gandalf, Frodo, Thorin, Thorin, whatever, and you know you might Boffer, remember Coin and Ellie, uh, Deli and. and <laughs> Grumpy no, no, and sneezy, no, no, <laughs> goddamn. <laughs> but um, no, I think,
2: and I think that they they purposely like Boffer gets um, uh, quite a bit of screen. He's the guy with the hat. Like he he gets more character than anybody else. Well, yeah, um, but and I, I think that they are purposely trying to like pick out a couple of the, the of the dwarfs and say like, okay, these ones are going to be the ones that people actually like remember like, and are really like characters. Borbon Legolas. Y- yes. Yeah. Yeah. That time I don't, I don't remember if that was Feely Fili- or Feely. But. Um, Aragorn,
3: mm-hmm.
2: Right. But that's what I mean. Like, you're not gonna, by the end of these movies, you're probably not going to know all of those guys really well. But there's clearly a couple of them that they want to just sort of spotlight to make them into characters, because otherwise, it's like three people, in you know, a party and then some dwarves in the background.
0: Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think because it's the first one, you had to get to know everybody. Yeah. I think that's why maybe it took a little longer for it to get going. Yeah. Because you know when it gets going the movie's really good yeah mm-hmm. um i mean you, the the golem scene alone makes it worth seeing oh absolutely I,
3: think, I mean i think you have to get through that opening party scene if you can mm-hmm. keep yeah. your attention span through that cuz
1: that's why I left. I was like, "Well, well they're yeah, gonna spend the next ten minutes trying to convince uh Bilbo to you know go on the quest." So I yeah, know it, what's it, going on. <laughs> it's,
3: it's a twenty-minute adventure through Bilbo's house. If you can sit yeah. through that and keep your attention, then you'll be pleasant. But there's prepared. also
0: great nods to the first uh, movie, well, <laughs> the Fellowship, yeah. where Gandalf's walking through and he's hitting the chandelier and stuff like he did in the first yeah. one. And there's cute, uh, cool little winks like that. And um, I, I think
2: th- those nods are good um, things, or, or things like. Um, we get a little bit of prequelness in that first scene when, when Bilbo is writing the book, when mm. Ian Holm is writing the book, uh, and we get things like Frodo going out to nail that sign on the door that we mm. all know because it's in the first movie. Um, but the prob- part of the problem I think I, I have with this series so far is that it does have a little bit of that prequel trilogy, you know, episode one, two, and three thing where... Some of the stuff that I don't need to know anything about, like where Glamdring comes from or where Sting comes from, that's the sort of stuff is coming up. And and now here's the thing, that stuff is all in the Hobbit. Yeah. Um, all that stuff about where they get their swords and things like that, it's all in the Hobbit. But it's all the kind of stuff that in the Lord of the Rings they cut out. You know. So like, I know the name of Aragorn's horse because it's in the extended cut of the Lord of the Rings. But in the theatrical cut, they mm-hmm. cut that out because guess what? I don't need to know the name of Aragorn's horse. Um, and and I th- some of that's, you know, or, or some of the scenes like between Gandalf and, and um, Galadriel where they're setting this stuff up. And I don't know that it feels more like a first arc than fellowship did because, there's a lot of stuff here where I feel like they're giving us information like about Radagast and the, and the necromancer and stuff where I'm like, okay, this is clearly not going to come well, up until two or three movies or one, or two movies. Well, from two now. though.
0: I mean, you're also the Lord, the fellowship of the rings is a book, right? The Hobbit is one book yeah. that they have to make into three parts. Right. Exactly. So I think that's, uh, that's what's going to happen no matter what. Yeah. But I mean, there's, you know, there's parts that are fun. Um, yeah. I do not really care for th- the cute little porcupine that he <laughs> nursed back to Aww, health. I know, Aww. that goes Aww. on forever. Yeah, what, but... Uh, what was his name, Sebastian? Sebastian. Yeah, but really, the porcupine's like... <laughs> so uh, that's that's what, it's not a porcupine, porcupine, it's a hedgehog. That's whatever what
1: the fuck personifi- personified uh, porcupines do. That's how they act. <laughs> really? <laughs> They're adorable. and They they do this? <laughs> they get extended death scenes, too.
0: But he sucked the death out of it. <laughs> He did out of his little yeah. you
1: know, I know, hedgehog. I was dick. Glad he didn't actually die. <laughs>
2: well, and see, like there's a thing where the spiders come up, and if you don't remember the Hobbit, the book, the spiders come back, and there's a big, you know, it's yeah. a big action scene. the giant
1: one about. comes back in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> like spiders will come back in this series, but that scene just sort of feels, feels weird, and we lose mm-hmm. momentum there. Um, mm-hmm. And it may be a thing that when the whole trilogy is out, we can look at it and go like, "Oh man, how great is this?" But it's hard. It's hard to even judge this movie on its own because of that. Um, you know, uh, it's just it's weird. I,
3: I the more I've been thinking about the movie and just the pacing and the way it goes, it actually I almost want to put like Fellowship of the Ring on and play them yeah. side by side because I almost think looking back, I think they're almost identical in pacing and and location and scenery. Oh yeah, I mean, I you mean have no, that, no, halfway uh, the party halfway. scene in the beginning of Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship, and then everything in the beginning with Bilbo. Then the next thing you know, they're all on the roads. And they're bad, oh, halfway through, they get the to Rivendell. The, the, they get the Rivendell. to you know, Rivendell, and then, yeah. then the next thing you know, they're underground, and then they're running right. out there's, from the underground. But,
2: but I, th- I think the difference is that with Fellowship, there's sort of this ticking clock where um, – and part of it is because there's more informi- There's stuff they're cutting out, and so they're shortening everything, whereas this movie feels like they're lengthening everything. Uh, but also because they're trying to save the world in that one, whereas this one, like – yeah, if they don't get to Smog in time, uh, yeah, there there is no timetable on that, really. Um, so they're just sort of moseying where... Well, they, they
3: kind of introduced the idea of a timetable in the last...
2: Yeah. Uh, um, the
3: final arc of that movie, anyways. But
2: The Hobbit just sort of naturally feels more like an adventure where, like, well, this is the chapter where they run into some trolls and they have to fight the trolls and get away, and then this is the chapter where they get chased by... You know some wargs and stuff like that. It, it feels more like a little isolated events where then, um, than the Hobbit, which really, or then Fellowship of the Ring, which gets some momentum early and then is just constant action and running. And you know, um, once we finish a fight sequence with the ringwraiths at, at Weathertop, you know Frodo is dying and they get him on a horse and they run him to the to Rivendell. Like there is there is no stopping and waiting in in that movie, whereas in the Hobbit, they they're taking their time. And I think that that just makes it feel um, a bit more languid than we are used to from Hob- from Lord of the Rings movies. It's not bad. No. It's just very different. Yep. You know? Yeah. Cool. Again, uh, yeah, I, I don't think you can not see the movie. Yeah,
0: I think you should go see it. Anything else to add to the Hobbit, guys? <laughs> I think we've...
1: Uh... <coughs> I'd say if you're just going to watch it conventionally, like, go see it, whatever. But, like, if you really... Do you want to go see it? I think you should try the f- high frame rate. Yeah. Really? and Or a 3D. Yeah. I mean, With just film. try
0: it, you
3: know? It's, it's different than your typical... I mean, because I, I would say it's probably the first that I can think of that would be worth seeing, medieval 3D yeah. versus your summer sci-fi. Yeah, well, I mean, oh, yeah, and it's yeah, yeah. high frame rate. I
0: mean... It's, it sounds kind of silly, but it's an event. I mean, never yeah. happened before. Oh, yeah. So you should do yourself a favor and see it in high as, frame rate.
2: As we, you know, if you listen to our Paul Salmon interview, he'll talk about the fact that Douglas Trumbull has been working for a long, long time to try and get us to see a movie like this. And it is a big
0: deal uh, that it's out there. Because Hollywood wants you to see it. Well, yeah. Because they, they want to make movies like this. So. Yeah. And, you know, like we said, the 3D is really convincing. They actually did stuff that I've always mm-hmm. said that. You know, the Disney parks always did is they put something, whether in this movie, it's a butterfly or a bird, that flies to you on the screen and flies around. Yeah. Instead of having just like you know ash fall and or a tooth right.
3: fly at you.
2: Exactly. Here's here's what I'll say: If Jim Cameron doesn't make Avatar two and three in high frame rate, he's a fucking
0: idiot. <laughs> Whoa, Jim Cameron, friends? Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're best <laughs> friends.
2: We're real close. Nickname basis. Yeah. I His nickname notice. is going to change to fucking idiot if he doesn't well, make the next post <laughs> Opposed Avatar to a fucking dickhead, which yeah. everybody else calls him. Because um, he really, you know, you, you know how I feel about TD. Yeah, this well, I mean, he this has really to. impressed
0: me. He has to, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, he's an idiot. You're right. He's an idiot if he doesn't. He probably already <laughs> helped. I'm sure he Peter already Jackson is planning. It, yeah.
2: I'm sure he's already planning to do it. So it's not really a big deal. We're just sitting here like, oh, I really want to call that guy an idiot.
0: <laughs> don't don't <laughs> Don't worry. Don't worry. He's filming two sequels to Avatar and he's only making Avatar <laughs> movies, guys, okay?
1: Yeah, he's done with that Terminator shit. Yeah.
0: Oh, no, don't worry. I'm I'm not worried. So, thanks for listening to us. Uh Chris, <laughs> you want to give a shout out one more time about your website where people can find you?
3: Yeah, if you guys want to check out just kind of what the idea of Tokusatsu is and so forth, uh just go to uh, www.tokunation.com. Www.tokunation, um, just check it out.
0: Cool. Awesome. Thanks for stopping by. Hey, guys. Always, thanks for having me. Always welcome. You can email us, realnerds at gmail.com. You can tweet us, real underscore nerds. You can call us, seven two zero six nerds 5 You can like us on Facebook. Visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. Thanks. Bye. Bye.